We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready for rapid fire? I am ready for rapid fire. Let's do it then. So ESPN has handed out letter grades for all of the first-year college football coaches this season. That, of course, includes Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame, Brian Kelly at LSU. Lincoln Riley is at the head of the class for the letter grades for ESPN with an A. They gave Mike Elko, former Notre Dame defensive coordinator in Texas A&M, of course, an A- minus for the job he's done at Duke, while Brent Venables gets a D-plus down at Oklahoma. So how do you think I should – should I give the letter grade they give Marcus Freeman first and then read what they say or read what they say and then give the letter grade? Mm, I think you should go read what they say first and then we'll get into some okay. letter grades. Okay, so here's what they say about Marcus Freeman. The genuine excitement around Freeman's hiring after Brian Kelly's departure masked the fact that he wasn't fully ready for a job of this magnitude. Freeman had only been at Notre Dame for a year. After Freeman's team lost the Fiesta Bowl to Oklahoma State and opened the season with losses to Ohio State and Marshall, I thought back to what Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick told me in December. There's got to be a learning curve. I have no reason to suspect it's a bigger learning curve or a smaller one in Marcus's case, but there has to be one. Now, that was directly from Jack Swarbrick there. ESPN goes on to say, it showed up in various forms during Freeman's 0-3 start, which included the Fiesta Bowl loss, and then against Stanford as Notre Dame was stunned at home by a Stanford team that had lost 11 consecutive games to Power 5 opponents. Marshall and Stanford now 1-7 against FBS opponents not named Notre Dame this season because Stanford actually beat Arizona State last week. The combination of a young coach who's 36 and a young offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, who's 30, could become a real problem for Notre Dame. So they give Marcus Freeman a D plus, D as in dog, D plus. And that was the write-up that they gave Marcus Freeman. So here's what they say about Brian Kelly. Kelly's final few Notre Dame teams were machine-like in beating the teams they should while falling short against most of their elite opponents, his first LSU team has been wildly unpredictable. LSU couldn't have played much worse in its opener, especially on special teams, but it still only lost after failing to make an extra point with no time left. Tigers rallied from, well, I'll skip that part there. It's not really important to this. 
Other than special teams, LSU has shown several bright spots and could be a tough squad to beat down the stretch. Kelly's stint ultimately will be judged by whether he wins a national title, which was never going to happen this season. But after a brutal start, Kelly has once again shown his talent for winning and pushing the right personnel buttons. So there's the write-up on Brian Kelly, who gets a B-. minus. Marcus Freeman gets a D+. Plus, what do you think about those grades? You know, I I feel like you know a large thing that they bring up are the Oklahoma State. You know, starting zero and three essentially. You know, lo- losing to Oklahoma State, losing to Ohio State, and losing to Marshall. Well, I got news for people. You know that those Oklahoma State and Ohio State, those are both top ten teams in the country. You know, that's a pretty pretty tough you know one two start for for an any coach, you know, no matter what experience you have, if you're taking over a program after, you know, 10 years of experience or no years of experience like Marcus Freeman, I think that that's a, that's a tough job. And and really, you know, it's crazy because only one loss separates Freeman and Kelly right now. You know, Freeman has three losses. Kelly has two losses, but Freeman's got a D plus and, and Kelly's got a B minus. So, you know, I, I just I, I think that this is pretty harsh, to be honest with you. I think Notre Dame has a lot on their schedule that they can prove, you know, with Clemson, USC and Syracuse. I think there's a lot on the table that can. But still these are midterm. Them. These are basically midseason grades, you know, yeah, so they're going I, I based on the body of work already. I think D plus is a little harsh. I, I, I'm, I can I can get down with the C, a C, a C plus. I don't think that he's anywhere in the B range right now. Uh, I, I honestly think D plus is a little too harsh in my opinion. And I think that Brian Kelly's grade is, is pretty spot on kind of where he's at right now. Um, but, but for me, you know, I, I see it as a C, a C, a C plus. I, I just think a D plus is a little too hard. I know losing the Mar. I've said it before. I know losing the Marshall and Stanford aren't a great look. And, you know, those are things that obviously need to be fixed, but it's still a first time head coach. It's still the toughest schedule in the country. It's still, you know, there's a lot of things that Marcus Freeman has done wrong, but I still like a lot of things that Marcus Freeman has done. Yeah, I mean, uh, put up a couple comments here while I'm talking, but just some some reality numbers. Notre Dame's offense, 84th in red zone scoring, 81st in scoring period, 101st in passing offense, 62nd in pass efficiency. The defense, dead last in the nation, tied with Rutgers in red zone scoring defense. 70th in pass efficiency defense. They actually moved up 19 spots after playing UNLV last week because UNLV couldn't do anything. And also tied for last in the nation with Fresno State and New Mexico State with just four turnovers gained this season. So those are a lot of a lot of lowly numbers that they've got. So based on performance, you know, I mean, Stymie did make a good point. You are playing a backup quarterback. But even the starting quarterback lost to Marshall. So, like, each quarterback has a bad loss <laughs> this season. And, you know, that's the problem is you've got two bad losses on your resume, Marshall and Stanford at home, and you got two pretty good wins on your resume, North Carolina and BYU, one on the road, one in a neutral site out in Las Vegas. So based on what we've seen so far, like if you were just gonna, you know, crunch all the numbers and do that. I never dreamed I would talk this much about coffee, especially since I'm not really a coffee drinker. But ever since we first tried trade coffee, my coffee loving wife is not only hooked 
but I've even started to drink coffee and I've got my mom hooked on it as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. I've told you about our collection. The rich, sweet flavor of the Big City Roast from Joe Coffee, the full flavor of the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, where you can actually taste the malted milk balls. We love it. And if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take the coffee quiz like we did and get expertly matched with the coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com irish. That's drinktrade.com slash Irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the world. Give it a shot. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mr. 2.0 says he thinks it's fair they've lost to Marshall and Stanford, no reason to grade him higher. And Matt Miller says, don't justify the inexcusable. I'm a Freeman supporter, but he's no better than a D-plus. Dude has to learn how to lose before he can win. He will get there. That's like if I'm going up, maybe I'm willing to give him a C-minus because of the wins over North Carolina and BYU. Maybe I'm in that range. I don't think that D-plus is unfair, though. Like when you look at where they are in the national rankings. So it's it's not just that they lost to these teams. It's also how they've gone about it and like why this team isn't causing more turnovers, why they can't tackle better in some crucial situations, get off the field more consistently on third down. And like the fact that not only do you lose to Marshall, you've got a lead against Marshall in the fourth quarter and you give up a 95-yard touchdown drive for them to take the lead when you, when you had a chance to kill them on third down and they convert a third and long. BYU converts a third and long. There's just too many crippling plays. John Christoffick says, 
He deserves a C. You know, like I said, C minus is is about as high as I can go, you know, which is like, you know, average and just a little bit down. I guess they are four and three. So technically that's above average. So so maybe I'm willing to bump him up to C minus. As for Brian Kelly, you're like, they've got LSU next week and they've already won six games this season. They've got a good chance after after they play um, Alabama. They've got Arkansas, and I think they finish off with Vandy, and they've got an FCS team there in between. They've got a really good chance at, at finishing the season with nine wins after the, you know he took over a six and seven team last year. So I've got no problem with this B minus. Freeman, I think, is definitely in that D plus C minus range, and he's got to show that there are improvements, that there are you know definite improvements the rest of this season. I think to be able to move out of that spot. Yeah, I I think largely what this boils down to is I think there was an expectation of what success should look like this year for Marcus Freeman in Notre Dame um, and what that's defined to be. But for me, uh, it, it's just defined a little bit differently. I see both sides, but I still feel like there's still a lot a lot of growing. You know, there's still a lot of transition. You're, you're asking, you know, a new defensive system, a new defensive coordinator. Um, I, I would say that the number one disappointing thing, and obviously everyone talks about it, is the offense. The offense has to be consistently better. And I right. think that that is largely what is weighing them down uh, the most right now because they just don't seem to have consistent success, no matter if it's passing well, or rushing. And it, they, they can look great one week and then look like you know a completely different team uh, the next week. So that has to be the number one thing that has to be addressed is consistently coming out as the same team every week. And that falls and on the head if we're going to be fair to Marcus Freeman on that front, if if the offense is the biggest problem, and it is the consistency of the offense, as we all know, and as many people have pointed out here over the last couple of weeks, it was an offensive coordinator that, not that he was forced to, to have, but it was an arranged marriage, right? Like Jack Swarbrick kept Tommy Reese around, and that was part of the deal. If you want to become a head coach, Tommy Reese is going to be the offensive coordinator, you know, so that was part of the deal. So that's, that's not all on him. I guess I'm, I'm saying, especially as a first time head coach. Exactly. And if I, I would say best bright spot right now is Notre Dame special teams. I like they, yeah. they've done a lot on punts. And, and that was a, completely Freeman's hire, you know, got yep. Mason and to that's, come over from Cincinnati. You know, people don't think about it, but that's that's a third phase. That's an equal third of the game. You know, getting getting they've created a lot of points off of block punts. They do well in you know punt they, they seem to be doing better in punt return, kickoff return, those sort of things. But definitely their you know their punt coverage and punt blocks. You know, obviously against UNLV, um, against BYU, they blocked a punt. And I feel like they blocked another one, but it's just not coming to me right now. But that's a bright spot, in my opinion. You know, a, a phase in the game. That well, I can't gets, think of the other one off the top of my head either. There's, you know, a games. It's often overlooked, but you know, it, it sounds like a small win, but they do well uh, on special teams. And it's really funny that special teams is LSU's worst thing because that was like the only coach <laughs> that Brian Kelly took with them to yes. Notre Dame to LSU. Very funny. Fill in the blank. It's blank that the first college football playoff rankings of the season come out next week. Um, it's stupid. You know, I hate these early, you know, college rankings. There's all it is, is just another thing to get people to watch another, to me, it's a justification for, you know, how things play out. You give teams rankings based on, it, it seems like 
they set up these rankings based off of, you know, it giving the justification to whatever team makes it to the end, right? Like these teams get ranked high and then it's like, well, then the, another team kind of dominates them. You're like, oh, were they really that good? And it's like, no, they just created these rankings to get the matchups that they want to get the, you know, the 10 versus two and the, all the ratings and all that. It, to me, it doesn't matter. I feel like the, the rankings should come out with like when there's two weeks left in the season and then you still have, you know, your conference championships. I hate that these premature polls come out because there's still so much stuff left in the season, in my opinion. All the big games are towards the back end of the schedule. Yeah, as John says, exciting. And if you're Notre Dame, it's usually exciting. Like, it used to be like Christmas. Like, you're waiting for the rankings because, you know, Notre Dame was in them the last four years. We were kind of eagerly waiting to see where they were, you know, like I said, like Christmas morning, waiting to see where they were going to be ranked. But as Stymie is saying, non-issue this year. This is like being at one of those Christmas gift exchange parties and everyone else is getting gifts but you. Like, you're sitting there. You know, and everyone else is exchanging the socks or the pocket holders or, you know, whatever they happen to be. And you're over there, you know, like with your hands out and you've got nothing. And that's where Notre Dame is right now. It's So it's just a little bit more blah this year from our end. You know, there's there's just nothing. You know, Notre Dame's not going to be involved in it. So it's kind of hard to get that excited about it. But be sure to join every, every Tuesday because we're going to have the, the uh, college football playoff reveal shows here on uh, Irish Breakdown. That'll be coming up, but it's just, yeah, you know, and like you're saying, do you need it this early? I, I don't mind having it this early because it it does kind of create some excitement. It lets teams see where they are, you know, kind of figure out what you have to do and you start to see the jockeying, who's going to overtake who and all that kind of stuff. Like, is there going to be a team lurking there in the mid-teens when the first one comes out or down around, you know, 12 or so? that might make a move. You know, I'm going to be really curious to see how all this shakes out. A lot of good unbeaten teams sitting up there at the top of the rankings right now. And there's a, going to be a lot of movement before this is all said and done. Fill in the blank on this next one. It's blank that your boy Russell Wilson reportedly worked out and stretched for four of the eight hours on the Denver Broncos flight from Denver to London. He said he was doing high knees in the aisles while the rest of the team was sleeping. It's corny as hell. <laughs> like, I'm convinced that Russell Wilson just, like, finessed everyone this year. He said, I- I'm going to take this big contract with Denver. I'm, you know, I'm getting into the to the, to the mid-30s here. I'll guarantee, you know, this contract. And then it's just like, I don't even know if he's, like, obviously he cares about football, but it feels like his personal brand and his getting his face out there has been more of yeah. a concern this year than playing football, in my opinion. And that's got to be, you know, so frustrating as a Denver fan because you keep missing on quarterbacks, then you pay Russell Wilson a crap ton of money, and he just comes out with a cringy after cringy, you know, something new every week, whether it's his his memes or his, you know, his little TikTok videos or telling reporters that he worked out on a plane for four hours. It's just like. Come on, man. Just like I, I at this point, he knows what people say about him. So it's just I think he's in it for the publicity. I think, he, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity uh, for Russell Wilson. So for, for me, it's corny. But I just think he he's more concerned about his brand this year than he is actually playing football. Yeah, I just don't know what Russell Wilson has become. Like you said, like the, the links that he'll go to, you know, because they started reporting this as well, a source says this happened. But then the next thing you know. It was he actually Russell it. Wilson. 
Yeah. And he's talking about it. You know, he's quoted talking about it. You know, how annoying would it be if you're on an eight hour flight, oh you're a God. professional football player and some jack wagon is standing next to you in the aisle or a couple rows behind you in the aisle and he's doing the high knees, you know, and he's, he's like out there doing his. I wonder you know, if he his, went through his fake passes on the plane too. If he was dropping back <laughs> and right. he's like, you know, looking like off the safety the, and throwing it to the other side. Like it, right. He needs to be considering how bad he's been this year. He's doing the, 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 the Dak Prescott, you know, hip throws and all that stuff out there. You know, it was like, it was like that. There was that Seinfeld episode where Kramer goes to Hollywood and he's auditioning for the fitness video and he's like all <laughs> arms and limbs and he's kicking and pumping and, and doing all this, you know, it's like Mr. Aerobics in the aisle out there, Russell Wilson. It's just like, come on, man. You're you're supposed to be a professional. People talk about you as a Hall of Famer. It's just, it's a little OTT for me. I it's can't, I can't too, believe it's come to this. Too much. I like John B's uh, comment here. Just looks terrible. He looks like a joker. He's going to take that back to the bank. And that's, that's like his brand is lame too. Like he's just a lame guy. So corny at everything he does. But like I get like whatever like I, I I'm not I'm not trying to down the man if he if he's genuinely happy then whatever but to the yeah. public he looks like a fool and I feel like yeah. he has to know that I don't I, well, I don't know I don't know if he knows that maybe that's part of the problem yeah like at so what point does someone get up on the plane and be like dude just sit down we're all trying to get some sleep as we're flying to London right now I know right. I know exactly just go sit there and watch your movie you know have a <laughs> have a drink do something. So speaking of the Broncos, they're playing the Jaguars in London, and it is exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. I don't know how many people knew that. It's on ESPN Plus only this Sunday morning. Does that make you more likely or less likely <sighs> to watch the game? Extremely less likely. I've actually been watching some of these early games because it's like, oh, I got a nice little Sunday wake up here, watch a little you know, London game, roll into the 1 o'clock games, run in, roll into the 4 o'clock games, run into this, you know, the Sunday night game, it's just a continuous kind of marathon, it seems like, when you have the London games. And it's its just fun. Like, I don't mind them, but when you put it on, uh, you know, some – like, this is, this is like, the huge problem. You're already, you know, doing something that people are kind of 50-50 on. They're like, eh, do we need to be doing these London games? And then you right. put it on ESPN Plus, and not everyone can watch it. So it's like you're, like, have maybe, like, 25% viewership at that rate, you know, compared to what you would get on a regular, you know, NFL Sunday game. So – I'm just less likely. I, you know, I, I I don't have the subscription. I'm not going to pay for the subscription just for this game. But I would turn the game on if it was just on, you know, how it regularly is. I think I'm less likely because I've tried to, like, I don't know if you've tried this, like, with the adapters and stuff like that, connect my phone to the TV. But the ESPN Plus doesn't seem to, it's like ESPN Plus, they don't want you. Amazon does that. TV. Amazon Prime does that. You can't you can't stream to the TV. You can only watch on your phone or tablet. Yeah. And it's extremely and annoying. So I am less likely. I've not been big like most of the time I have forgotten that these London games have been on. And I mean this is a forgettable game to begin with. Like One you've got the Jaguars and then two you've got the the <laughs> the Russell Wilson circus show coming to town and they're horrible. And I've got to tell you because I have never liked the Broncos in my life and there are other reasons I like them even less right now and it is hysterical for me to see this Russell Wilson trade 
and all the hope that Broncos fans got and and what this has turned into right now. So I am less. The Seahawks are better with Geno Smith. Just let that marinate for you a little bit. They are. <laughs> they are. Geno Smith is a better quarterback in 2022 than Russell Wilson. He is. He is. All right, so Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are three and four after a loss to Carolina last week. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are three and four with three straight losses, including one to the Commanders. LeBron James and the Lakers are 0 and four after falling to Denver. So, which of those three grizzled veterans are you most willing to say right now is done? This is uh this is a tough question because there's a lot of I don't know if you saw this but a, a report came out today that Giselle has given Tom Brady an ultimatum uh and said that it is either football or divorce and you make the decision and So she's still willing to stick she's with still him if willing he gives to it stick up. with if he's willing to give she's giving wow. him an ultimatum you know and that that came out today um I think so to me it, it's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers I think Tom Brady Got himself into a bad situation this year. I think he thought this team was going to be a lot better than what they were. They've dealt with a lot of injuries this season, which you can't, you know, forecast coming up. I think he's done this year because I, I, I think he, he, you know, he loves his his family. He loves his children. He loves his wife. I don't think he wants to throw all those things away. And I feel like on the other side, Aaron Rodgers just looks like he doesn't even want to be out there. Like I think, <laughs> I know, I think he just wants to go back to doing his, you know, ayahuasca. And, and all that, you know, crazy stuff and be on different podcasts. I, I don't J- Aaron Rodgers genuinely looks like he is not having fun. Like he does not want to be out there. He's done with it. He's lost Devontae Adams. He's got no one. Criticizing the, the offense. <laughs> He's got nothing going for him. And so f- for me, it's either Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I think it's both of them. I think they're both done after this year. I think yeah. LeBron is going to stick around until his kid makes the NBA. So he's got a few more cracks at it. Uh, so for to me, it, it, it comes down to those two quarterbacks. Um, and honestly, I'm, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers because I just think he looks miserable out there. And I think Tom is dumb enough to still come back another year if he really wanted to. Tom Brady, like everything he's done, you know, leading up to his departure from New England and since New, you know, New England was, you know, going his own way and being his own guy. And he wanted to get to call more shots and all that. Kind of stuff. And whatever back and forth tug of war there was, even with Bruce Arians after they won the Super Bowl, like he, you know, they got rid of Bruce Arians. They got a new head coach. He was going to go to Miami. He didn't get to go to Miami. So now here he is back in Tampa Bay. He he goes to Robert Kraft's wedding on a Friday, two days before a game. All these after different taking things. Wednesday off. Yeah. And then you're, you know, you're yelling at your offensive line, you know, well, that stuff works when you're actually performing as well, but you can't even beat Carolina last week. He's a great quarterback, but he's got all the control that he's always wanted. And the bottom line is father time catches everybody. This is, this is athletics. It doesn't matter when it catches everybody at some point, this guy is 45 years old. So, you know, like hats off to him for everything that he's done, but like, the wheels fell off even pretty quickly for Peyton Manning. He was lucky he had a great defense to yeah. bail him out. You that know, carried him through that last year. That's exactly right. His legs were gone. The defense bailed him out. They won a Super Bowl. Tom Brady doesn't have that. There's just nothing. It, it just doesn't look like there's much left right now. So I would go in that same order. I would go Brady, Rodgers, and then LeBron afterwards. I mean, there's still a lot of season left for for the Lakers, obviously. They're just getting started but 
when you're 38 years old and you get off to that kind of start in Los Angeles, it, you know, it never looks good either. <laughs> yeah. Not, they're the worst shooting 3% team right now of like <laughs> ever, like over the first four games, this is the worst three pointing shooting team ever. It's, it's kind of insane. I think that really? ownership is trying to stick it to LeBron and say, you know what? You made these decisions. You're going to have to stick through it. Yeah. I, I I agree. I mean, that's kind of what they did last year when he, you know, because again, like you talk about power and control and getting to call the shots, that's what he did. He was calling shots last year. He assembled the roster and it's like, well, you made your bed. Now you got to lie in it, <laughs> you know, and that's, it seems like they're sticking with that. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I saw MLB Network ask this question the other day, and I wanted to ask you this. Which team's postseason record over the last decade would you rather have? You can have the Yankees, who have eight postseason appearances, but no World Series appearances. So they've been in the postseason eight times, haven't got to the World Series. Or you can have the Royals, who have just two postseason appearances, but both times they went to the World Series, and of course they won the second one in 2015. So over the last decade, whose would you rather have? You know, as as a as a as a as a good friend of mine used to say, if you're not first, you're last. It, it, to me, it doesn't matter. Like you can go to the postseason ten straight years, but if you don't win the World Series, what's the point? There's no there's no participation trophy for you know almost winning Especially the World Series. Especially if you're the Yankees, right? Like you are, you have the highest payroll. You know, you're you are the Yankees. You have all of these World Series. Um, you know, I for me. I, I just I, I'll take the World Series every time. I don't even care if I go to one postseason in that decade. As long as I win the World Series, um, it, it it really doesn't matter. All you know, postseason appearances don't matter. Winning it all matters. And so I'm going to take that Royals any day of the week. And you know they've been bad for so long. Uh, and, and I think that that's just it has to be the answer because if you're playing for you know appearances, and what are you really playing for? You play to win it all. Um, and so I'm going to take that that you know world title every day of the week. That's absolutely right. And as a Royals 
fan myself, it's like, you know, I, I remember my buddy Randy and I, we when we were in college at, at University of Kansas, you know, Kansas City, it's only like 45 minutes over the ballpark, something like that, 45, 50 minutes. So we would go to Royals games all summer long. And we'd be sitting there, and this is like, you know, early to mid 90s and we're like we're you know we're looking at each other like they were trying to be competitive but it was tapering off a little bit every year and we're like do you think these guys will ever even be in the playoffs again and we were just <laughs> like probably not but you know lo and behold about 20 years later there it came they want you know back to back world series it's amazing and uh, you know they don't have a competitive team anymore but i can live <laughs> with the fact that one, I got to go to one of those World Series games, which was awesome. And two, the fact that they won the World Series in 2015. So I would make that deal with the devil any day. I would trade a championship and spend the next 30 years out of the postseason, you know, in, in exchange for that championship. So I'll take a championship would, every 10 years. That's that's fine. For sure. If you guarantee me one every 10 years, that's probably eight, you know, seven, eight championships I'll see in my lifetime. Absolutely. Last question tonight, fill in the blank. It's blank that adult entertainment company Cam Soda is sending truckloads of 55-gallon barrels of lube to Philadelphia so they can grease the streetlight poles in case the Phillies win the World Series. You know, it's hilarious that this adult entertainment company is sending off all this lube so that, you know, they know what Philly's like. They know how crazy those fans are. And I was talking about this today with one of my coworkers. Someone said that they tried to do this after they won the NLCS. I don't know how accurate that is. Um, I don't. I don't think that that's true because why would you try it again? Plus, like you can't climb a greasy pole. Like it's it's kind of physically impossible. You'd have to carry around rags with you and just wipe off the poles kind of as you go. But it, it's also ingenious at the same time that you know this adult company is just sending off lube. Like that's a ton of lube, and I'm sure it's not. You know the the, the city of Philadelphia isn't isn't just getting that for free, right? So it's it's smart, it's ingenious and it's all funny at the same time. So I'm just I'm I want to see how it goes. Who's going to be the first one to try to climb up the pole and just slip down and eat it cuz it's not going to feel good. It's hilarious. They they need to do a boogie nights party or something outside the ballpark, you know, for that matter. It's it's like what publicity for Cam Soda, who I've never heard of before. They're going to lube up the pole, you know, they should they should do this. They should send like uh, you know, a 55 gallon barrel of this, like to every football team in the country, you know, like all the college football teams in the country in case there's an upset. So everyone can have their, their, their uprights. Yeah. Tennessee. All you the know, time. They're, so they're, so they're, like if Tennessee didn't want to, you know, have to crowdfund, you know, to, to go find goalposts after they beat Alabama, they just could have had some cam soda laying around and how those poles greased up. <laughs> It's this. It is very comical. I, I, I'm gonna be like. That's a lot of effort too. Who's going out there and you know applying said lube to all these poles? It's, 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 it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. It is. Interesting, is a word for it. Well, the World Series does start tomorrow. Do you want to make a, a World Series pick real quick before like who and who and how many games? I'll give uh, I'll give my World Series pick and I'll give my Notre Dame Syracuse pick with okay. a score prediction as well. So, uh, okay. first of all, I think the Phillies win in six. Um, that's that's my first one. It's either Phillies in six or Houston in seven, but I'm going to take Phillies in six. Ooh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I got Phi pick. 
Phillies in six or Houston in seven, but I feel more confident about Phillies in six. They're hot right now. I think they're the team playing with more passion. You know, they obviously Houston is this. This is nothing new for Houston. They've been, you know, in and out of these, you know, CS and World Series appearances, you know, quite frequently in the last five to seven years. I think the Phillies really got something to play for. They haven't won it in a while. Think since 08. They had Hamels, Victorino, Utley, Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that was a solid team. Jimmy but Rollins. It's just been 20 years. I think that they're they're due for it, and they know that. I think that, you know, this, the, the city of Philadelphia wants it. They want it. I want it for Bryce Harper. It had to be tough leaving the Nationals and then seeing them win that World Series. So I got the Phillies. And then when it comes to Notre Dame and Syracuse, I have Notre Dame winning in a very close game. I think it comes down to the last possession, and I'm going to give them a 23 to 17 win. I think Ooh. that is the final score, 23 to 17. Okay. And Notre Dame barely squeaks out one. I think both teams are going to try to run the ball a lot. It's going to be, you know, a lot of it's going to be reverse of what we saw last week. That UNLV first quarter took forever. Notre Dame had 10 drives in the first half against UNLV. They usually average 10 drives the whole game, but I think both teams will eat up the clock. Low scoring, 23 to 17, Notre Dame. All right, sounds good. My, I'll just make mine short and quick. I'm not going to make my Notre Dame pick. Of course, you know we put up, we publish them on Fridays, and then on the show Saturday morning, Vince and I give our our uh, predictions. But uh, World Series, I just, I think the luck is going to run out for Philadelphia. Houston is just too good. You know, both of them are going to be rested up since they both clinched on Sunday, and they've had four days in between. So everyone's pitching is going to be set up, rested up, and ready to go. I just think this Cinderella story is going to end for Philadelphia because Houston is just too good. And I've got the Astros in five. I think it's going to be a relatively short series. Wow. Not a sweep. I'll, I'll give the Astro, I'll give the Phillies one. Everyone write this down. There's no way the Astros win in five. All right. There's All no right. way. <laughs> we'll see. I know you don't want them to win in five, but we'll see. We'll we'll see next week. How this uh, how this series starts off this weekend? Game one's tomorrow night. All right, Jess. <laughs> As Brian wants to know, who beat the Phillies in 09? Okay, the yes, last Yankees championship. Yes, the Yankees. We know. we know. All right, Jess. Great stuff. I will talk to you later. Have a good weekend. Sounds good. Thanks for having me.